What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And he swings. Hits it high. And deep. And gone. Still going back. March and welcome back to the call up your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. I'm Arm Layton. He's Jack McMullen and we've got a World Baseball Classic slant here on the Prospects podcast. I'm excited. You helped me compile some names here. We work together to kind of figure out who's worth watching in the prospect world in this WBC. I know you love your NPB and Korean League players. So I'm all about this is, my MPB. This guy. is where you're going to eat, Jack. I know you're ready for this, but uh, I'm excited, man, because the prospect slant on the World Baseball Classic, I feel like for us nerds, maybe it's not as much of an underrated thing, but I feel like the big focus has been the rosters are so loaded, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, all these stars. But how about some of these really impressive young prospects and guys overseas that could be posted soon who are going to be on these rosters? Here's the thing, man, like I can turn on an MLB TV any night during the regular season and see a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman. What I can't necessarily see and what I do see enough of, because, you know, like I live on MILB TV and I work in minor league baseball as an announcer, like I see these guys and so much of the thought is, I wonder how they'd fare against big league yep. talent. Yep. And now we get to see that like Edward Julian, I think, can survive in the middle oh, of yeah. the twins order right now. And we get to see that before he gets the opportunity with the Minnesota Twins. We get to see him go up against major league pitchers. It's why I think we like this stage of spring training before guys get returned to minor league camp, because we get to see them against major league talent. Like we just saw Andrew Painter throw to Carlos Correa. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to see that. And we do get this opportunity in the World Baseball Classic. And the best part of this is we say, okay, who are the guys with prospect intrigue that we should be watching in the World Baseball Classic? And the answer is not four. The answer is like 20 to 25. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And and the cool thing is it's kind of prospects ranging from all areas. When we're going to go team by team and talk about those prospects. But just for reference, like you're going to get an Owen Casey who just turned 20, I believe. I, I, he was 19 last season. And that's Cubs outfield prospect, of course. But an Owen Casey who played in high A last year and was young for high A and is going to try and fight or flight, survive, see how he does here, kind of playing with house money. But then you've got like a Jordan Diaz who mashed in the upper levels for the A's organization and debuted at the end of the year. So like you've got guys that I think are trying to prove that, hey, I can hang around with this big league competition. And then you got guys like Owen Casey who are probably just having a ball learning and playing with house money against guys that are four, five, six years more advanced than him. Uh, that's the really cool part about it as well, kind of piggybacking off of your point. But I'm also excited to get you cooking on these NPB guys as well. No, man. I mean, start three outfielders for Team Canada. There is a four man like outfield on the Team Canada roster right now. Tyler O'Neill, lock starter. Jacob Robin, Jacob Robson is like a quadruple A guy, like a triple A guy who was with the Tigers last year. Then you've got Denzel Clark and Owen Casey. Yeah. So you know that at least one of them is going to start. Yep. Maybe the other one's DHing. And then yep. like 
you've got Freddie Freeman at first base. Okay, Julianne's probably going to play second. You got Jared Young at third, probably. Is Otto Lopez going to start at short? <laughs> is Abraham Toro going to be the DH? The conversation is so much fun yep. because Freddie Freeman's going to be in the same lineup as Julianne, Bo Naylor, Casey, Denzel Clark, and Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. What the hell? Welcome to the World Baseball Class. Which is awesome. And we're going to be out there covering it. So we're really excited about that out in Miami for that. Uh, so we'll be in that region. So we'll see those guys specifically. But um, also, real quick, just an important plug. Really proud of the coverage we're doing at JustBaseball.com on the World Baseball Classic beyond the prospect side. So if you want to you know, kind of see a little bit more on all of the rosters, we have that covered in detail. Previews on every single roster for the World Baseball Classic over at JustBaseball.com. So check that out. So we're linking this article. Like there is an article that accompanies this podcast, the top prospects to watch at the 2023 yep. World Baseball Classic. And you see that each country is underlined. That is a hyperlink taking you to that team's roster yes. preview. So Great. you Great see point. Nicaragua, you see like a Brewers prospect featured on Team Nicaragua. Go read about how Jonathan Loisig is going to close out the championship and Nicaragua, and Nicaragua is going to take it home. If if Jonathan Loizaga, obviously, like if there was an importance to like staying healthy and and not running yourself into the ground, I feel like they'd be trying to stretch him out like five six innings. Uh, oh yeah, with, with the rest of that roster. But we'll get to Carlos Hernandez. I was I was interested in him, and he's he's pretty fascinating. But we'll start yeah. with Italy, and we'll start with Pool A, uh, which will be in Taiwan, which is interesting enough. But Italy has only two guys that are still in the prospect designation. They've got you know some really exciting youngsters like Vinny Pascantino and others that are on that team, but we're focusing on prospects here. And I'll start with the more notable prospect that though, I'd say two guys that had phenomenal seasons last year. One is Sal Freelich and outfield prospect, Milwaukee Brewers consensus top 100 prospects. I mean, we've glowed about him on and on and on uh, in this podcast over the last few months and, and really more than that over the last year. What I will say though, the angle I want to take on Freelich here is, how about a guy that could probably compete right away? A guy that I think is going to make an impact. And I think I mentioned it in the write-up for him. Freelich could easily be one of the squad's most impactful players. And I, I know that's a high expectation to set for a prospect, but this guy just kind of does it all and also is the type of player that I feel like could battle against anybody, even if he's not quote-unquote big league ready, though I think he is, and I know we agree on that. I think this is a guy that could have battled a year ago, even uh, at this stage. The bat to ball skills are phenomenal. The approach is phenomenal. And this guy hit 365 in triple A. And, and it wasn't a small sample size. It was it was more than a month, right? it was 40 plus games in triple A. Yeah. So this is a really, really good player that's going to be dynamic in the speed department. That's going to play great mm -hmm. outfield. And that runs into just enough home runs, too. I think that's something that kind of gets lost on people. This isn't a slap hitter. This is a guy that slugged 508 in Nashville, which is one of the best pitchers parks in the minor leagues. I think that he can sneak 10 home runs out of the yard. So this is somebody that I think is going to be one of the more dynamic players for Team Italy and I think could be a big X factor for them at the top of their lineup. Choose your leadoff hitter. Freelich, Nicky Lopez, or David Fletcher? Yeah, it's Freelich. It's not even Freelich. close. Yeah. Eight days out of seven. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's Sal. Uh, I think that Sal's going to get the chance to be a leadoff hitter for Italy, and I think that he's going to he's one of the, he's one of the guys that like jumps to mind when I say, okay, I want to see this guy face major league arms yep. consistently. Yep. Um, and, and I think if this guy has a big WBC, what's holding him back from making the opening day roster? Is it Garrett Mitchell hitting a billion nukes this month? Like he he's already hit two. I think he had a multi homer day at yeah. the beginning. I think that's really it, honestly. And like, I know you saying you're saying it like half facetiously, but at the same time, it's like I think Mitchell no, like, earned a chance to like for a month see what he can do, and service time is is part two to that answer. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell's already gotten there. Mitchell's already played major league games, and I he think played it's all right. Yeah, it's Mitchell's job to lose yeah. at this point. Um, but I think that you know, like, give it a month into the minor league season, Sal is going to succeed too much to have yes. him in Nashville. Correct. Correct. And I think this is great for Sal because I think that was the plan all along. If if he had a chance to, to break camp, he wouldn't be here. You know, I think that's something that that's kind of, this is in a way the team's kind of tipping their hands to their, their plans. Like when yeah. Mervis announced, you know, that he would be playing for Israel and we'll get to him. Like it was pretty obvious. And then all of a sudden we see them go get Mantini and Hosmer. And, and it was kind of clear that the writing was on the wall there. Running's kind of on the wall with Freelick here too, but 
they can circumvent that pretty quickly with a good showing in the WBC. Don't don't get it twisted. These teams are watching. They're watching yeah. how these guys are doing. This is spring training adjacent. I know the managers don't like it, um, but this is spring training adjacent. I think for prospects, teams probably like it a little bit more uh, than they do for like their big league guys that they'd prefer to have, you know, you know, close and, and right in front of them. Remind me if I don't remember, remind me to circle back to that conversation about like yes. their roster status being solidified when we get to Julian with Canada. Sure. Absolutely. Last guy, there's only two guys on Team Italy, as I mentioned, but another one that I'm actually really interested to see how he does on this stage because he's kind of blocked in his own organization, and I think he has nothing left to prove in the minor leagues. It's Dominic Fletcher. Dominic Fletcher was a 75th overall pick in 2019. We talked about him in the Rule 5 draft preview. He didn't get selected. I would guarantee that a lot of teams kick the tires on Dominic Fletcher, though. Ultimately, the batted ball profile in terms of the power, I think, was something that maybe scared people off a little bit because – he seems like a guy that should be like a speed contact and sneak out, you know, 15 home runs type of guy, but he's more of a corner outfielder. He's average out there. He, he kind of is, is a tweener in the profile, but he hit 312, 378, 486 hitter friendly environment. That's going to produce not the best WRC plus. What was it? 112, despite hitting that ridiculous slash line there. But what stands out to me, this is a guy that had an 87% zone contact rate last year. That is really good. That is projecting closer to a 55 hit tool. This is a guy that I think is at least going to be a league average hitter. And and I want to see him tested here. He made adjustments. He posted the lowest strikeout rate of his career in double and triple A last year and produced pretty much the best numbers of his career at, at every single mark. So Fletcher's a guy that's blocked by the litany of outfielders that we we have right now in Arizona. I still think he'll find a way to get some at-bats, just like Stone Garrett did last year. Guys get hurt. Um, but Fletcher's somebody that I think could really turn some heads as a, hey, this is another outfield option for the D-backs. I don't think he's a star, but I do think he's a big league bat. Yeah, man, I, I think that if Arizona's looking to upgrade anywhere, it's probably shortstop because they're running out on Med and Geraldo Perdomo right now. I think if you package like a Perdomo with a Dominic Fletcher, you can get a pretty solid shortstop in return. And I don't know if Edmundo Sosa is available from Philly with, with Turner and Stott now on the roster, but that feels like a trade that I could totally see happening, right? Fletcher yeah. and Perdomo for Edmundo Sosa. <laughs> uh, and I think that makes both teams better because now you have a bit more outfield depth and good defensive outfield depth for Philly. But I think Fletcher is a trade candidate you mentioned because he's blocked. Um, I like the profile, man. Like he hit 310 last yeah. year in double and triple. Yeah, no, I know. I know. If he could play center, it would help him so much more. But Ultimately, but he can play a good corner. That's the yes, thing. That's I agree. And, and I, I think that that would actually you might have just chefed up the perfect trade um, that would help both teams immensely. Um, that was off the I think this is, How do you feel about that? I liked it. This God. is an example, though, that like Fletcher can really, really put himself on the radar because I think good at bats against big league arms here will turn some more heads than, oh, he's hitting 300 in the PCL again. No one's going to give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's going to believe that Fletcher can be a big leaguer until he does it in the big leagues. And even the WBC is not going to do that. But it's just another area where we can point and say, look, <clears throat> he's hitting there, too. How much longer do you want to deny this guy some more at bats uh, at the highest level? So I do think he could be a trade ship as well. And I'm interested to see how he does out here to see how he how he competes against some more advanced arms on to Panama. They had two intriguing prospects, but now it's just one. And I'm a little disappointed because I was excited to see what Ivan Herrera of the St. Louis Cardinals could do, you know, on, on that stage, a guy that has given me a ton of headaches as a prospect. I, I don't know how to gauge him, but unfortunately he withdraws from the roster. I think that was about four days ago. So instead mm-hmm. we've got just Jose Ramos on this Panamanian roster and Jose Ramos outfield prospect, Los Angeles Dodgers, monster power, monster swing and miss. Um, So this is your classic, I think he's going to get overmatched type of guy, right? He struck out 31% of the time between low A and high A, but man, if he connects, everyone's going to be Googling Jose Ramos, right? Right. Most fans that don't know who that is watching Panama play, if he hits one of his 450 foot, 110 mile an hour home runs, uh, a lot of people are going to be saying, who who is this? Of course, he's a Dodgers prospect. That said, he is really raw. Uh, and we talked about him in the Dodgers farm system breakdown. I'm I'm not expecting this guy to to probably hold his own, but you never know with these kids. So 
I think it's going to be a good test for him. That's all I can really say. Yeah. I mean, he's not necessarily a guy that like really intrigues me because he swings and misses so much, but he's also the type that's totally going to hit like a bomb of all bombs. Oh yeah. Uh, He's playing in what he's playing in, in Taiwan. Like I could see that video and like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen all these videos of like, whether it's the MPB or the KBO or, or any other league over there, you just, see the camera immediately pan up and it's like, where'd the ball go? I don't know. That's going to be a Jose Ramos fly ball. A hundred percent. But it's, again, it's, it's good experience for this guy um, and, and just opportunity to get at bats against more advanced competition. 25 homers last season, monster power again, but yeah, we'll see how the hit tool comes along. For sure. Here's gosh, this has got to be one of the most loaded rosters. Let's so not cook, a, baby, <laughs> not affiliated to major league baseball in, in terms of prospects, but all of these guys uh, are are potentially going to be some of the most coveted, several of them, at least two of them, will be some of the most coveted uh, international free agents we've seen in a long time. Team Japan, who should be a force in this tournament, has multiple players that are on their way to getting posted, and some in the next year, some in the next three years, and all of which will be extremely coveted and extremely expensive. And we'll, we'll start with the guy that, literally signed a contract with a stipulation that he has to be posted at the end of it. And it's Munitaka Murakami, third baseman. He plays for the Yakult Swallows in the NPB. And if you've heard of Murakami, if you're like, oh, that name sounds familiar, it's because he broke the single season home run record in the NPB last year at 22 years old. That was a longstanding record by Sadaharu O, which was 56 home runs. He launched his 57th blast on the final game of the season last year. Morikami's that generational talent in that league right now, right, Jack? I mean, this is a, a guy that at 22 is already breaking records. Uh, the power is silly. He's putting up, and I I, I got to take exit velos with a grain of salt because I don't really know how the ball flies off the bat there compared to the ball here. But regardless, 110, 112, 113 mile per hour exit velos, whether you're hitting a, a golf ball or a baseball or a tennis ball, I don't care. It's impressive. He's doing that. And again, in his three-year deal, He's set to be posted at the end of it. This guy is going to be everybody's favorite, favorite, favorite guy to watch in this tournament really quickly, I think. This is where I eat. (laughs) I I eat with the NPB guys. Um, You you take a look at the largest deals signed by players coming over from Nippon Professional Baseball. Masahiro Tanaka signed a seven-year, $155 million deal. That's the largest deal. Masataka Yoshida, second at $92 million. Seiya Suzuki, third at $85 million. And you look at the posting fees. So the Cubs, when they paid Suzuki, it was five years, $85 million with a $20 million posting fee, which brought it, actually, I think it was a little bit less, sorry, $14.5 million posting fee. So the Cubs pretty much paid $100 million for Suzuki, 85 plus 14 million dollars for Seiya Suzuki. Um, Don't look at Suzuki when you look at Murakami. Look at Tanaka. He's probably going to pass up Tanaka. This could be, um, and and Otani, like he did not sign that large of a deal. Murakami with how established he is at such a young age and the age that he is coming over and where free agency has gotten in Major League Baseball he could be the first Japanese player to ever sign a $200 million deal yeah. coming over from the NPB. And I don't think that's egregious. There's another guy that we're going to talk about that could be a $200 million pitcher yes. because of how good he is at such a young age. But Murakami, if you need any relative like apples to apples experience, um, go to the article because there's a video of him taking you Darvish bridge in a, in a sim AV. So <laughs> this guy can hit major league pitching. He can hit all-star major league pitching. Um, I, I he is utterly incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, the swing just from like a prospect standpoint, like if I was treating him as if he was, you know, a prospect in, in affiliated baseball, I, he would be one of the top passes level. Prospects. Yeah, it's 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 like that, if not better. Um, he'd probably be a top 30, top 20. He'd be a top 10 prospect in baseball. What am I kidding myself? Like yeah. the second he comes over, he's going to be instantly top five on the rankings, kind of like when you're seeing Yoshida ranked and some of these other guys like this guy is that good. I won't pretend like I've watched defensive film of him. I have no, no idea Don't um, need because to. I'm only when I'm clicking Murakami videos, I'm only watching nukes. But that left handed swing 
for how much power he has, it's pretty controlled. It's controlled aggression. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of what we've seen. I think everybody is. So I'm really excited to see this guy. And I think this is probably number one. It should be number one of all the prospects. If not Sasaki, who we're going to talk about Murakami on the offensive side should be the, the number one prospect. You take the time to watch because in three years, when he comes stateside, you're going to hear his name over and over and over again, whether he fully pans out or not, we'll see, but I can promise you that that first part, is true. You will hear his name a ton until he either sinks or swims. And I've got a pretty good feeling he's going to swim. Yeah, he's not going to be a dud. He's not going to be Shogo Akiyama. I can promise you that he's not going to be Akiyama. I can promise you that he's going to be more like Otani than he is Shogo Akiyama. Again, he broke the single season home run record as a 22-year-old. That was yes. longstanding. So, and he doesn't strike out much either. That's continued no. to get better. But speaking of strikeouts, Roki Sasaki Someone I know you love. We've talked about him on the Just Baseball Show. Right-handed pitching prospect. Is it Chibo Chibalot Marines? Uh, Chibalote Marines, I want to say. Okay, Chibalote Marines. Um, if you've got the generational hitter, here's the generational pitcher. Dude. 102 with the fastball. That I can confirm. Splitter, that is just your, your patented you know NPB splitter, but coming off of a 102 fastball, that's disgusting. He's nicknamed the monster of the, the Rewa era. I, I'm going to apologize to anybody that is a fan of, of Japanese baseball. I or, think it's or, Rewa. Rewa. Any Japanese listeners, I'm sorry. I, I promise. Like, I'm trying my best. Um, I think all of this is so cool. But I am. I want to try to pronounce it and talk about it. But then I realize I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bu- butcher it a little bit. But the cool thing about that nickname is that was because of Daisuke Matsuzaka's nickname, which was something similar. It's a playoff of Matsuzaka's nickname. So, again, we're comparing him to one of the best to ever do it in that league. He was the first pick overall in the 2019 NPB draft and at 21 years old, already recorded a perfect game, tied the league's record for strikeouts in a game and set the record for consecutive strikeouts. It's not just 102 with a freak splitter. It's good command. It's a breaking ball that's pretty solid and a whip of 0.6. No one's hitting this kid, and he's just a kid. He's just 21 or 22 now. This guy's going to be must-see TV, and I think he's going to make some big league hitters look stupid. Correct. Uh, I'm so excited that we get the opportunity to watch this kid throw on Fox. And I'm not sure how many innings he's going to go. Like obviously major league baseball has, you know, a strict innings limit. Like an MLB starter is not going to throw six innings. They're going to throw three, maybe four. I have no idea what the deal is with Sasaki. Like he might throw six. He might throw three. We have no idea. They don't give a shit over there, man. I know. I know. They just, it's just so much. I was reading a whole thing about high schoolers out there. They'll throw on like, they'll throw nine innings and then three days rest nine innings again. Like tell you what, like a third of Jeff Passon's book, the arm is about like overuse of arms in Japan. Um, And if you haven't read that book, I think that came out in like 2015, 2016. That was when Passon was still at Yahoo. One of my favorite books of all time. I've only read excerpts, but it's fantastic. Cause uh, I've got it in the trunk of my car. I will bring it to Miami for you to read. I told you there was a, there's an excerpt from that book of a kid that was in our district that went from 96, 97 miles per hour, top pitching prospect to, 86 his senior year that's what kind of clued me into the book before i even really knew who jeff passon was to that degree are you a book guy like if i put it in my carry-on is it is it a worthwhile experience yes yes okay i'm not a book guy but like for the right book i am that's the right book i will that is the right book um sasaki so getting back to roki sasaki 36 starts in his mpb career he's again 20 years old 21 years old sub 2 era 11 k's per nine under two walks per nine six hits per nine the second best league in the world yeah he is everything you dream of so he's all right let's see 21 years and 119 days old um so he's two years older than andrew painter he's totally cooked um but if you had to rank sasaki in in just baseball's top 100 is he one is he ahead of corbin carroll or is he three or five so we're we're assuming the mpb is you know what performing at the double a level would you say double a double yeah. a Oof. I, he's you know you're looking at a 62190 guy um but the fastball averaging 99 102 miles. with a 90 mile an hour split yeah he's 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 got a really good case at number 1 
Is he a better really? pitching prospect than Painter? Yes. Yes. And yeah. Painter's our top pitching prospect. Yuri might be the top pitching. It's going to be. It's it, there's a showdown between Yuri and Painter right now that I, you and I are going to sit down together in uh, in South Florida and spend hours just going back and forth to figure that out. Uh, yeah, but the point good. being, like, where does he stack up with those guys? He stacks up with those guys, and he might just be better. The only thing that I would want to see more of is 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 the the breaking ball, right? Like, all, all a lot of these guys that come over from the MPB. It's fastball splitter, and they dominate you with that. But, I, you know, you see a little bit of a challenge. You kind of need to see that spin. He's shown it a little bit. That was the one thing when I was watching that the slider is he, he barely uses it. He threw it around like, you know, 8 10% of the time at most. So one thing I want to watch where Yuri has four pitches. Uh, but that said, he would be a consensus top 10 prospect in baseball and legitimately have a case as the number one prospect in baseball with that fastball uh, just off the top. So um, that puts things in perspective there too, right? I mean, and again, another guy that will be posted quite soon, I think in the next couple of years. If you are a basketball person and you tuned in to Wembanyama against Scoot Henderson, you should be watching Samurai Japan for Murakami and Roki Sasaki. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're going to get a chance to see them in Miami because – I have a good feeling this team's going to make it pretty far into the tournament. So the guy that will probably get posted before both of them and, you know, may not be the the generational young freak that these other guys are, but I think could make a seamless transition. And also, again, we're going to see him sooner. I'm going to try my best here. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah, perfect. Just like Jordan Yamamoto. Yes. <laughs> Jordan Yamamoto, slightly more diminished stuff from Jordan Yamamoto. He plays yeah. for the Oryx Buffaloes. And this Yamamoto is really gross. Only mm. 95 to 96 with the fastball, though, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, but Joel Sherman of the New York Post actually reported that it's expected that the 24-year-old will be posted at the end of the 2023 season. So for him, I think this is a guy who's pitching for the most of the guys we're talking about and probably of the, of the Japan roster. This is probably the guy that is trying to prove the most, right? Because he is within a calendar year of getting posted. And you know that that's going to be a big selling point is look at what this guy did in the world baseball classic to big league hitters. What I like about Yamamoto, of course, he's fastball splitter. Surprise, surprise. His breaking ball is ahead of most of the pitchers I've seen at coming out of the NPB. And yeah. that's going to bode well when you're coming over stateside because a lot of guys, you know, they've seen the Tanaka now that they'll, they'll have that approach. And when the splitter's not there, we talked about this with Taylor Davis. It's really hard to get outs in the big leagues off of just your fastball, right? That's the challenge. Whereas a Sasaki, when the splitter's not there, he's still going to blow by most of those guys with 102. In the in MLB, not as easy. Yamamoto's got the breaking ball. And, you know, I'm excited to see what this guy can do. Again, not generational, but he's going to be expensive. He's really good. And the numbers are not far off from Sasaki's. No, and, and he is, he's a quote unquote Cy Young winner in Japan. He's won the MPB equivalent to the Cy Young Award in Japan. The Sawamura uh, Award. The Sawamura Award. Um, does that have to do with Hirokazu Sawamura? I have no idea. I assume not. Pace of play <laughs> legend Hirokazu Sawamura. But um, 139 ERA in 2021. 1680 ERA in 2022. He's 23 years old, 24 years old at this point now. Yes. Um, the thing that impresses me most about this guy, yeah, he's nine and a half Ks per nine. Yeah, he's two walks per nine. 26 starts. He's had almost identical seasons each of the last two years. 22 star or 26 starts in e in both 2021 and 22. 193 plus innings in each of those years. Do you know what that like equates to? He's pitching no. into the eighth inning every time he steps on the mound on average. That's crazy. I mean, if he can come over and give you 200 innings at a, at a high two ZRA, that's Tanaka level contract. Yep. That's $155 million in this market. So I, I think that while we could be looking at two 200 plus million dollar guys with uh, Murakami and with Sasaki, you should be looking at Yamamoto as a guy that could be getting Tanaka money as opposed to Darvish or Otani money. And I seriously think he's like gearing up for for the uh, for the big leagues because <clears throat> he he's, he upped the curveball usage last year. And also, what's interesting is is that that splitter for him, he commands it as well as anybody in that league. So landing it for a strike over seventy percent of the time, like that's really good stuff. So I, he doesn't have the stature; he's five ten. But again, that's something that we're seeing in the big leagues and, and in prospects. 
riding fastball from a low release point, splitter tunneling off of that, and a hammer curveball. And you, you, we always talk about the distinct speeds. Fastball averages 95, splitter is 89 to 90, and then the curveball is like 77 to 78, and he'll even mix in a cutter. That's an arsenal that's going to play in the big league. So I'm expecting this guy to hit the ground running when he comes over, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams lining up for Yamamoto. I'm in, man. To Korea. And this is fun because it's like a detour where we're not talking about, you know, MLB affiliated prospects. And then we're going to circle right back to like Denzel Clark after this. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's great. So Korea. And I think this is, again, where you eat definitely more than I do. Jung Hoo Lee, who I definitely know that name. I've, I've you know, this is a guy that won the MVP, right? Outfielder for the Kiwoom Heroes of the mm-hmm. KBO. Another really awesome nickname. He was nicknamed the grandson of the wind. Because his dad, who was also really, really a legend in the KBO, was nicknamed Son of the Wind. 24 years old, 902 career OPS, was the league's MVP last year. Uh, it's just that simple, right? <laughs> He's gotten better. So he debuted in the KBO at 18 years old. And something that I love that Baseball Reference does is the age difference from the mm-hmm. average hitter or average pitcher. When he debuted in the KBO in 2017, he was over 11 years younger than the average hitter in the KBO. So this guy was an infant cruising to a 324 batting average and an 812 OPS. He's gotten better pretty much in the OPS department each year, except for one dip from 18 to 19. 812 OPS as an 18-year-old. As a 19-year-old, 889 OPS. As a 20-year-old, 842. Really down year. (laughs) <laughs> then 921 OPS when he was able to legally drink in the States. 959 OPS is a 22-year-old. And this past year, his age 23, his age 23 season, he had a 996 OPS. So if this guy posts, if he keeps getting better and he posts an OPS over a thousand, um, Jeff Passan just tweeted out that the market was thinning a little bit uh, uh, on the hitter front after Machado signed his extension. Um, he noted that obviously Otani hits the open market. Teoscar Hernandez, Ian Happ, Matt Chapman, and Jung Hu Lee was the other name that he mentioned. Wow, that's that's important. I mean, obviously that he's hearing something about the, the potential of him getting posted there, and. Um, Obviously, we're seeing some success with the KBO guys because that's a little bit more of the crapshoot. It's a little bit of a lower level than the MPB, but recent yeah. recent history with the with the KBO has been a little bit stronger lately. So, and, and we've seen Hassan Kim come over and and have like a 700 OPS and play excellent defense. Lee's a different type of guy. He is a much better hitter than Kim ever was in, yes. in the KBO. Yes. Another interesting prospect here is Bake Ho Kang, first baseman, KT Wiz. And he's a three-time All-Star that had a down year last year. So I was kind of interested in the storyline. Even if, <laughs> I figured you'd get a kick out of it. I even put a quote in there from Kang. I saw in a, that. Yeah, in I a recent it. interview that he had because he broke his pinky toe. He had some other injuries. He had a wrist injury. And he had a really down year last year after being a three-time All-Star, after hitting 290 with 29 homers as an 18-year-old rookie. So this is somebody that's really looking to build back up because he actually got a pay cut after the rough season. And this is what he said. We will have pressure on our shoulders. Kang said in an interview last month, I want to showcase my talent and prove my worth at the WBC results will be more important than the process. I will try to help the team get great results. He also said he has a chip on his shoulder to try to prove that he's worth more than the pay cut that he got. Another guy that should get posted once he bounces back. I think, I think that he might've delayed the posting by the down year that he had last year, but this would be a good way to expedite that again by showing out in this tournament and then having a nice year in the KBO. Yeah. I mean, this guy age 21 season in 2021, 142 games in a 971 OPS. Yeah. The OPS dropped by 300 points and he played 80 fewer games last year. So <laughs> it was, it's the same exact narrative that we talk about. Like, Oh, injuries ruined this guy this past year. It's, yeah. it's the Anthony Rendon conversation. Like yeah. sometimes you just have a wash of a year um, and he can bounce back. So if he's healthy and he's that focused on the world baseball classic, I think he's going to see enough middle, middle fastballs to go to town. Yeah. And he's been that like long time top prospect in that area, you know, it, it, going into the league too, before he even was drafted. So this is somebody that has the, the prospect allure if he performs should get posted in the next couple of years on to pool C in Phoenix, Arizona. And you got team Mexico, one player that I know you really like. 
and a guy that I got a chance to see last year and was really fascinated by Javier Assad, right-handed pitching prospect, Chicago Cubs, nothing jumps off the page. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of average pitches, but six of them and good command. He had a two, six, six ERA and 108 in the thirds innings between double A AA and triple A earned himself a promotion. And after that promotion, 37 and two thirds innings at the big league level, three, one, one ERA. He's a guy that I think is always going to overperform the peripherals, uh, but mixes a four seamer, a cutter, a sinker, a slider, a curve and a change and uses all of them like enough that you have to think about all of them. I've talked to some hitters that they, that faced him and they said, it's just a headache because he uses all of them enough that you have to think about all of them. And it's pretty annoying and it works for him. And I'm excited to see him because he's going to be one of their most important arms on team Mexico, which I know Peter Apple for, for his betting preview really likes Mexico as a dark horse. They're going to need a side to, to be one of their, one of their important arms. hundred percent, man. And, and I don't think he's going to be as limited as like a Julio Urias is going to be um, no. because Urias, obviously he's looking to throw 200 innings at the major league level. Assad is fighting for spot starts with the Cubs. So mm-hmm. I, this is a guy that probably understands where he will lie. Um, you know, he, he's fighting for the five spot, I guess, but really it feels like he's fighting for the six because we're so yeah. high on, on Hayden Wisniewski. Yes. Um, he's fighting for the six with Samson, uh, Adrian Samson. So Assad, you know, I watched him throw in Indianapolis. He started the game for oh, Iowa true. against Indy. And it was so much fun because he is – and this is the kind of guy that I think we both like where he he pitches like he's playing chess. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he throws it in a way that feels artistic still um, when obviously you've got 2,500 RPM fastballs and, and 3,000 RPM sliders coming from the same arm. That's great. That's overpowering. That's what makes you the big bucks. But I think every team needs a, a guy with pitchability out the ass and Javier Assad feels like he's got pitchability out the ass. He absolutely does. I mean, the, 99% of players, I think, with a sod skill set, don't take it this far. And I think it's, yeah. a, again, a testament to his willingness to like continue to hone in on his arsenal, expand his arsenal, and, and his confidence to, and his confidence to mix and match at any given moment. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited to watch him, even though he's not the highest profile of prospects. <laughs> Definitely eager to watch Assad. And I, it, it was funny to that you had, I wasn't surprised that you had the same takeaway that I had when I saw him pitch. Cause it's just like, it's, it's refreshing in a way to see a guy that can kind of do that and throw all of these different pitches really in any count that he wants. Yeah. And it's not even old school. It's just like a different thing that is seen less and less now. Absolutely. On to Columbia, Jordan Diaz. What a year this uh, prospects of the Oakland Athletics had. Uh, I wanted to call it a breakout year last year, but Diaz is a guy that's kind of hit it every single stop. Um, 22 years old last year was the best hitter in their system statistically. Hit 326, 366, 515 with 19 homers and a 14% K rate. Diaz is going to be up with the big league team, I think, within a few months into the season. There's another guy that finished the year in triple a just to get more games. Cause the double a season was over. Um, so he played like nine games in triple, but this is a guy that's going to start in triple probably play a few months there. And then I think if the A's need someone in the infield, which they, they will um, yeah. Diaz will probably be that guy that we see up. It's it, he's never going to walk. That's, but he's going to hit a lot. He's going to hit the ball pretty hard. I think he's a lot of doubles, enough home runs and could hit for some good average. Diaz is a fun prospect that just rakes. It's just that simple. Uh, I was a big fan when I saw him in Lansing. I saw him for like 18 games in high A in, in 2021. And I was like, wow, this dude is a pure ball player that is strong enough to pump balls out. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know the exit velos. Um, They're I better mean, than you'd think. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I saw him hit a couple balls that probably measured like 430, 435. I mean, they were bombs in 2021. Yeah. And that wasn't PCL. That was, you know, that was no, Midwestly. Yeah. The air is damp out here in middle America. PCL bump obviously is going to get you the, the 460 foot homers, which he did have one of last year, but 105 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit velocity and 87% zone contact. Wow. Um, that again, if you cue those two things, I wish I could do that with the whole minor leagues exit 90th percentile exit velocity above 105 zone contact above 85%. 98% of the players that would come down into that list of that queue would be some of the best offensive prospects in baseball yes. in minor league baseball. So 
that just shows you what Diaz can do. One thing for him is the approach chase rates kind of high. That's why he doesn't walk, but he's one of those guys that above average hit tool feel like I can hit everything swing a lot. That'll get exposed a little bit more. You can't be swinging at 55% of pitches. And I think that's one thing he needs to work on, but this guy just, just absolutely puts bat on ball. This is a dude that I think will compete against anybody, right? We're talking about the prospects that fit that mold. Jordan Diaz is that mold, that mold of like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's battling against Sandy. Like, I think this is a guy that's just not going to be an easy out, even when he's quote unquote overmatched against older competition. I don't think this guy gets overmatched with the way that he can put bat on ball. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to look like an idiot in the box. And that is a testament to him, man, because there are so many really talented hitters that can look like an idiot if they face a really good pitcher. And that's not him. I mean, even some prospects, man, I'm watching spring training, like really good prospects that just like, It'll get set down in short order. It's okay. They're seeing stuff that they never see. I mean, I even watched Jackson Holiday, and when I bet it was just like, good morning, good afternoon, good night. And it's like, no he's like 19 doubt- years old, right? Yeah. It's, it's, but again, Diaz, 22, I think he's going to be just fine. Canada might be my favorite team in the World Baseball Classic just because they appeal to what we want, which is prospects. Yes. And I think a lot of them are going to get some opportunity here. We'll start with Mitch Bratt, right-handed pitching prospect with the Rangers, fifth-round pick in 2021. Brat had a good season last year. I don't know how much he's going to throw for them. I don't know if you have the Canada roster in front of you, um, but I think he's going to get some opportunities in relief because he gets a lot of swing and miss. You know, he punched out 99 and 80 and two thirds, two, four, five ERA fastball only sits in the low nineties, but has good shape. It's one of those riding fastballs. that just gets a lot of zone whiff. Brat's an interesting arm that should get a little bit more attention off of a good performance here. And a guy that I think is, is a name to watch in the Ranger system anyway, going into next year. Yeah. I think he'll throw a little bit. Um, Cal Quantrill obviously is like the, the true starter on this team. Aside from that, I mean, you've got Andrew Albers, who's a name that I'm sure some people recognize Philippe Belmont, uh, John Axford, Matt Brash, I think is going to start some games for them. Yeah. Although he might be used. They won't stretch him out too far though. No, but then so you Brad got like, might be one of their stretch guys. Like that's going to be probably one of the guys that goes three, four for them. I think so. Other than that, I mean, like Curtis Taylor, Rob Zestrisny, there's like, those are really the only other major league arms. So I think Brad is going to get yeah. a, his chance at some innings. So Rangers fans should be excited to, to get an opportunity to watch because this isn't, you know, your Jack Leiter or your, your uh, Owen White, but this is an interesting opportunity to see, hey, one of the you know second tier, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, pitching prospects in this system. Yeah, he's 19 years old. Yeah. He can build his way to first tier. He's yes. three years younger than Leiter and Kumar. Cool opportunity to see him on a big stage. Yeah, Owen Casey is probably one of the guys I'm most excited to watch because you know what? If, if he struggles, I don't really care. If he does great, I'm pumped. It's, it's yeah. house money because Casey, again, 19 years old in high A last year, put up a 751 OPS. Got better as the year went on. You know how high I am on him. He's the number three prospect in the Cubs system for me. 114 mile per hour max exit velocity last year. Kind of shows you as a 19 year old. Shows you what kind of power this guy has. But he is a pretty good hitter. I think he's getting better and better with the swing and miss. The approach is pretty good. I can't wait to see what he does. I don't know how many at-bats he's going to get, what the opportunity is going to look like. But this guy has so much potential. And this is just going to be a really good learning opportunity for him. I know Cubs fans follow their prospects as close as anybody. I know they're going to be excited to watch him. Casey is super talented, might be in over his head a little bit with the competition, but it's going to be a great test. Is he better or worse than the 80th best prospect in baseball? I think he's better. Is You think he's going to check in higher than 80 on your top 100? It's going to be right around there. So if he does, you're higher on him than anybody else in the industry. He only made one top 100 list. Baseball prospectus had him at 80 going yeah, that's into this. Going to be right around where we got him. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's you and prospectus that that are this high on Casey. I'm glad I'm not on on, on an island. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I'm, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have an opportunity here to <clears throat> another guy that tape measure shot. He could he could give us the tape measure shot we want. Um, and, and I had an opportunity to talk to him in the fall league. I I really like what he's working on. He wants to steal more bags. So we'll see if that's, if that's something he tries to do in these games. But, um, again, Casey really, really good test for him. Speaking of stealing bags, Denzel Clark of the Oakland A's stole 30 of them last year in what was 93 games. I would be floored if Denzel Clark 
can can hold his own in this league. I watched him in the Arizona Fall League. He is probably the most dynamic athlete in the minor leagues uh, in terms of size, strength, speed. But he struck out 36% of the time in high A, man. Um, 15 homers, 30 bags. He's definitely, at the very least, going to be that pinch runner for them. Like He is going to be an, an important guy on the bases for them. I just think there's way too much swing and miss. He's too stiff right now. Uh, good test for him, though, too. A good opportunity for him to learn. And, and literally one of the tooliest prospects you'll ever see. Well, and he had a decent fall league cameo, too. 12 games, he had an 845 OPS. And, and I mean, this guy, like, had an 830 OPS last year. So yeah. the results are there. The The frustrating thing is all of his outs are strikeouts. Yeah, that's like, true. I mean, if he runs into some balls and strikes out a lot, I, you're still getting something. So, yeah, you just don't want him to, you know, like, he he's not giving himself a chance by putting the ball in play. And you want him to give himself that's a chance. That's the thing. You're a 70 runner. Like, give yourself a shot. And I think he'll get there. Like, he's extremely raw. And, and is you know, still getting more at bats under his belt. Yeah, a guy that I know both of us are expecting to perform, and I think will will be given good at bats from the get go is Edouard Julian. I know this is one of your favorite prospects in baseball, so I'll give you the floor. But I'll just set the stage here. He hit 300 last year with a 19% walk rate and got on base at a 441 clip. This guy also hits the crap out of the ball, 105 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit velocity. He's going to grind at bats. And I think he's going to be one of the most productive hitters on a team that has a lot of really good big leaguers. I'm very excited to see what Julian's going to do. And this is probably one of the number one guys that we can test and say, how is he, how close is he to big league ready? Like this is a perfect stage for him. He went yard off of Ian Anderson the other day too. mega nuke. Um, he had a multi-homer day. Yeah. I mean, th- this is going to be a lot of fun to watch him. He's going to be one that I'm watching very closely. I, I keep the F-bombs in the chamber uh, for my favorite guys. This guy's a fucking show. Yeah. He's an experience as an offensive talent. I'm a huge fan of his. And, and I fell in love when he was at Auburn as a freshman, like 19-year-old in the SEC, 17 homers, 69 driven in, in 62 games. Yeah. Can't make that up, man. And then here he goes in double-A, full year in Wichita, and he hits 300 with a 441 OBP. You serious? Yeah. You serious? And then he goes to Glendale in the Arizona Fall League and has a 1248 OPS in 20 games. Are you kidding me? I mean, this guy is passing every single level with flying colors. And I I think um, he should be a candidate to make the opening day roster for Minnesota. He should. But I'm not sure if he's in Minnesota's plans right now. And he, he certainly wasn't. Um, selfishly, I'd love to see him play for the St. Paul Saints this year so I yeah. can watch him well, again. He, he will. He will. For I think this is a, kind of them tipping their hand here. Uh, what's what's crazy is Julian, I feel like, can plug into what Arias was in terms of the bad defender, second base slash first base guy. But you're compromising the 92% zone contact for freakish on base skills and a ton of power. Ask me what Edouard Julian hit against 94 plus last year, 94 plus mile per hour fastballs. This is in 112 plate appearances. So pretty good sample size. Just take a guess. I'll ask you, what do you think his slash line was against fastballs 94 and above last year in 112 plate appearances? Uh, Let's go piece by piece batting average above or below 280. Above. Okay. Above or below 310. Above. We'll, we'll be here all day. Let me just tell you this. Okay. Yeah. Just tell me. 446. No shot. 634. No 850. No way. Yes. On drugs. Uh, <laughs> St. Paul is in Indy April 11 through 16. Um, I Hold me to this. I'm going to do a one-on-one sit down for Julian for the call up. Let's go. I'm in. Need to talk to him. I mean, we're talking about 90% zone contact on fastball. This guy's swing. He is so quick to the ball and I he struggles with breaking balls a little bit, whatever. Um, but he he doesn't chase them, so he's fine. So quick to the ball on fastballs. This guy's never missing a fastball. He had a swinging strike rate of 5% on fastballs. So this guy will make a living off of never missing fastballs and not chasing. I don't, he could not even hit breaking balls. And when you're that good against fastballs, his swing is so, so nice, so quick. 
and still lives in the zone forever, this guy's going to be a problem for a long time. I can't wait to watch him. Yeah. Okay. Otto Lopez, kind of that dynamic guy for them. Middle infielder, Toronto Blue Jays. He's played all over, though. He even registered some starts in the outfield, uh, center field, left field, shortstop, second base. Played all those positions last year. Plus runner, not going to hit the ball that hard. But just a good dynamic prospect that I think is a, has a utility role for the Blue Jays once they need him. Uh, but just a really solid all-around prospect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Otto Lopez. Like, that's never a guy that I have paid too much attention to because we, what he does isn't like it's not that I don't exciting. Think incredible. Yeah, I don't think it's that exciting. Like, he he doesn't play a wow brand of baseball. Um, and I haven't had much crossover with the Jays system. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know too much. I don't know what I can add, but uh, just, I'll, I'll tell you, plus, I will take your word that he's solid. Plus hit tool, plus speed, nothing really else, but defensive versatility. So, I mean, it's, it's a good player, a guy that should be able to give them something because he's gotten back to back years of above average offensive production in triple a, he should be a good piece for Canada. Yeah. Uh, last guy, you got plenty on him. Bone Aylor. Yes. Cleveland Guardians catching prospect. As I mentioned in the write-up, if MLB had a most improved award, most improved player award, it probably goes to Bo Naylor, who hit, what, 188 in AA last year and mm-hmm. then hit 263 between AA and AAA this past season with an 889 OPS and going 20-20. 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. That's JT Romuto stuff right there. Defense got way better, too. This is another guy, top of the list for me to watch, not only offensively, defensively. Um, I can't wait to watch more Bo Naylor on this stage. We've seen a lot of him in triple, a guy that's close to big league ready. Really excited to see more of him handling his staff and what he can do offensively. I'm not sure, man. I think he's totally cooked. Cooked? He's old? 0 for 8 with five strikeouts in his major league cameo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cooked. No recovering (laughs) from that. (laughs) He wasn't ready. I, I know we were eager to see him, but he wasn't ready yet. No, man. I mean, it, it. he came up with Brennan and, and Arias and all that. And like these guys, you could say that they're ready, but look at the wild card series. They didn't yeah. score runs. And look <laughs> at the Yankees series. They didn't yeah. score runs. Like, yeah. I love that they're young and exciting and they're using all these young kids. And, and hey, like the youthful experience is great, but they're not going to put up 10 runs in a postseason game. That's that's not how that works. But yeah, man. Siri wants to talk to me right now. Uh, Naylor, 118 games. You mentioned the 889 OPS. The 392 OBP is what jumps out to me. Yeah, Disciplined guy. And with this good of an athlete behind the plate, if you're getting on base at, at a 380, 390 clip, I mean, damn, that's really impressive. And even if that drops to 340 at the major league level, I'd love for an athletic catcher to pump a couple balls out and get on base all the time. Yeah, I, and I, I'll probably do a thread on his swing adjustments and everything that have just were so impressive. Uh, this guy really just fixed a lot of the issues he had and, and improved every aspect of his game. On to Great Britain. If Bo Naylor isn't the most athletic catching prospect in baseball, it's got to be Harry Ford, right? <laughs> I mentioned in the write-up as well that that Ford's fallback is center field. He's a borderline plus-plus runner uh, and another really patient hitter. Uh, a guy that walked at an 18% clip in low A, launched 11 home runs, a better field to hit than I think a lot of people expected. And the catching is is coming along. Ford is going to be tested as a guy that's never played above low A as a high school dude. But man, I'm excited for the test because he is just so athletic and so fun to watch. Should be should be very interesting to see how Harry Ford does for Great Britain. I think his real name is Harrison Ford. Is it really Harrison Ford? Yeah, I think it's That's Harrison. Cool. Yeah, Harrison Michael Ford is That's his cool. real name. So uh, do with that information what you will. Uh, yeah, like low A, he was really good. Um, yeah. Harry Ford and Drew Romo to me are the same guy. So I, I need to constantly separate those two. And I love them both. Like I love yeah. that mold because it it's a younger, maybe more athletic Bo Naylor. Yes, yes. And and we'll see how the defense comes along. But I think it's further along than Naylor's was at that point. So prospect that I've liked for a long time. I've been waiting for it to all come together and it kind of resulted. He needed a move to the bullpen to to kind of put it together. And he had a great year. Tanaj Thomas, right-handed pitching prospect with the Pittsburgh Pirates was signed as an infielder initially out of the Bahamas, made the move to the mound and it was up to the upper nineties. Just couldn't quite find it as a starter, made the move to, to the bullpen. Now it's just fastball slider. He's up to 98. Slider is nasty, and I think he has a future as a big league reliever and a good one. Uh, I'm excited to see some more Thomas because he had a nice year last year. 
we should have him in Indianapolis this year. Um, he spent the entire year last year in in Double A Altoona. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we get him in Indy this year, and and I can give you a bit more on Thomas. Um, we got a guy in Colin Selby who was a 40 man ad that had a really strong yep. year in Altoona, came up and was great in yep. Indy, and and Thomas kind of feels like the right handed version of Selby. I think Thomas has triple digits in the tank too, so we'll see if and he Selby can... has triple digits. Yep. Yeah. Pirates have done a good job with with finding some of these reliever types in the minors and, and, and developing them. And I'm excited to get your report on Thomas in the coming months. Next up, Puerto Rico and a couple intriguing arms here. You got Dominic Hamill, right-handed pitching prospect with the Mets, who uh, it's between him and Tidwell with the injury to Allen in terms of who the best pitching prospect is in that Mets system. Hamill's on the older side, 24 for a guy that's only pitched in low A and high A, but had a great season last year, 3-2-5 ERA. 119 innings, punched out 145. Um, command is spotty, and that could do him in in a tournament like this against you know some more advanced competition. But his slider and changeup are good enough to get big league hitters out when he's locating. Um, so I, I'm eager to see Hamill on this stage. He's he's a talented arm. Happy birthday, born March yeah. 2nd, 2000. Yeah, it's his Happy birthday. 24th birthday, Dominic Hamill. Um, yeah, man. I mean. I, I haven't watched much of him. Um, he was in St. Lucie in Brooklyn, and the only time I watched uh, the St. Lucie Mets play was when Jacob Degrom. You know, so when Degrom was throwing, you know, striking out guys one two three one two three one two three. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sure he had a great time on Coney Island throwing for the Brooklyn Cyclones. Um, yeah. But I, I've heard really good things about Hamill, and that this is a great opportunity for him. And 11 Ks per nine is 11 Ks per nine. Yep, absolutely. Anthony Maldonado, right-handed pitcher with the Marlins organization, a guy that I actually thought was potentially going to get taken in the Rule 5 draft because he's a mid-90s fastball, and he's got one of the best sliders in the Marlins organization. Of course, we got Max Meyer, but in terms of of just devastation, this slider is gross, man. He held opponents to a 140 batting average, struck out 33% of batters on on all pitches, but 140 batting average against a slider, and, and he throws it more than the fastball. This is a guy that's going to come in as a reliever. You know that the slider is going to come, and you're still not going to hit it. It's really, really nasty, and I think he's going to be a key arm out of that bullpen for them. Uh, as a guy that you know they, they can use a little bit more than some of the big league guys and somebody that I think will pitch in the Marlins bullpen this season at the big league level. I really do believe that. So we got to watch Maldonado throw for Pensacola when Arab and Jack took the deep south by storm. Yes. And I'll tell you, so we sat first baseline near Pensacola's bullpen. And just seeing that dude like get up and stretch before he started throwing in the pen was like, holy smokes, this yeah. guy is carved. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a physical dude. And, and physical dudes, more often than not, are really good. And when you see a, a reliever built like that, you're already intimidated. I, I don't care if you look like Giancarlo. You see somebody that kind of looks like Giancarlo on the mound. I'm like, oh, wow, like this is going to be a doozy. And and it obviously is a doozy for minor league hitters against him, especially when he's running it up to 97 and has that freak slider. That's just going to look like it's coming at your hip and dive out of the zone. 97 with those arms looks like 104. (laughs) Yeah, with the arm sleeve, too. Yeah. On to Team Israel. Really, really good prospects on this ball club as well. We start with Zach Geloff, infielder, Oakland A's. Oakland A's fans have a lot of fun prospects to watch in this tournament. Geloff is another one that's knocking on the door, right? Since he was drafted in 2021, really has flown through the minor leagues, even with some injuries, has flown through the minor leagues. Nothing jumps off the page with him, but everything is good. And there's really not a hole to poke in his games. It's like 50 across the board, and he's versatile. Uh, Finished the year in triple. I think he's going to break into the big leagues at some point midseason. And I I got to watch him a lot in the fall league. He's just professional. And I I think it's, it's a very... Uh, overused term, but he's just such a polished hitting prospect that I just feel really good about. Another guy that should be able to give you good at bats from the jump. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of the Geloffs, Zach and yes. Jake. Like they both, when they were at Virginia, they screamed like, "Oh yeah, this is this is the Cavalier way. This yeah. is how they do it at UVA." So Absolutely. I mean, they are they're they're just so advanced as hitters, mm-hmm. and it's it's the Paven Smith effect. Where while Paven Smith hasn't necessarily worked out with the Diamondbacks, Paven Smith, I understand why he was a first round talent because he was hitting as many homers as he was striking out. And, yep. and that's kind of the gale off game. Absolutely. Um, Colton Gordon, a name that I was not expecting to 
be as impressed as I was when I did the dive. Houston Astros left-handed pitching prospect, eighth rounder in 2021, underwent Tommy John surgery, came back towards the end of this year, compiled about 53 and two-thirds innings across various levels, struck out 35% of batters, two hammer breaking balls that he was already locating immediately. So to see him locating his pitches off of Tommy John, sometimes that's usually an issue, uh, is really encouraging. Punching out guys the way he did as a lefty, really encouraging. And the VLO, low 90s fastball already, so it's coming back. I'm excited to see what this guy does because he was showing out last year after coming off at the Tommy John. It feels like another Astros guy that they yep, just kind of, of spawn. Um, I mean, man, like, I don't know what role he is. Like, do you think he's a starter or do you think he's like a swingman type? I think they're going to try to make him a starter. You know, I, I don't, I got to see more to you know say what I think he will be, but I think they're going to try to use him as a starter and stretch him out. So my follow-up is like, is there space for him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they'll cross that bridge when they get there, but I think he's going to get to high A this year. And um, with the two breaking balls and the way he's locating those, I think he's going to give some guys some problems. No, man, you, you said you got to send some texts about him. Uh, I am very curious to hear the reports. I'm going to be doing some digging on him very soon uh, within that within that Astros work because I was floored by some of the data I saw and the numbers. Yeah. Spencer Horwitz, Toronto Blue Jays, a guy I've mentioned that I think could be a, a, a big league piece for them on the bench this year and just just hits, just simply hits. I think you're seeing a trend of the kind of prospects that are getting asked to come play in these kind of events, mostly guys that just hit. Horwitz is another hit at every stop type guy. And earned himself a spot on the 40-man roster by hitting 275, 391, 452 last year in the upper levels. He's an 83 to 85% zone contact guy. He's never going to chase. And he hits the ball hard enough to you know look, look forward to 10, 15, maybe even 20 home run power if he can lift the ball a bit more, puts it on the ground a bit too much. But Horowitz is a guy that's going to give them quality ABs and, and I think should be a solid piece for them. From the jump, can play first, can play a little left as well. Yeah, so I got my first taste of Horowitz in 2018 when he was out on the Cape with Bourne, and he was good with Bourne. He was like 760 OPS. Here's the thing. He's always been really good. He hadn't been great until the Fall League in 21, mm -hmm. and that turned into a great cameo and double in 22. Yeah. So Horowitz was always like 700 to 800 to, to like 700 to 880 OPS. And then he busts out a 940 in the fall league in 21, and he busts out a 930 in double A in 22. Yep. So obviously that's a guy that like experienced confidence. It was like, oh, I'm going to ride this thing right now. And then he mm -hmm. finished with a, a 720 OPS in 44 games in triple. So if he is that Ty France guy where mm -hmm. he's just a 750 to 850 OPS at every stop, that's a great bench bat, man. He's he's a, he's a and yeah and, and obviously doesn't have the uh, the quite the ability of of France to to get on that upper echelon, but I think right. he is that Ty France mold of like he's hit at every stop, but doesn't jump off or anything, you know, tools wise, and oh. the numbers aren't crazy enough until Ty France hit triple and hit four hundred. That kind of helped his case, but with with Horowitz up to his ninetieth percentile exit velocity by by two full miles per hour, wow, like that that's going to help you in the power department as well. I'll take a poor man's tie France on my roster. Yeah. Poor man's tie France is kind of a cool comp, honestly. <laughs> uh, Matt Mervis. Uh, like we don't need to go too deep into Matt Mervis and what he did last year, right? 36 homer, 78 extra base hits. He hit 309 between high A, double A, and triple A. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows everything there is to know about Matt Mervis um, because of how much we've talked about him and because of the interviews that he's done on the podcast. So if you are new and you're discovering us on YouTube or whatever, check out the Cubs farm system breakdown. Check out the interview with Matt Mervis and the pro breakdown with Matt Mervis on our YouTube. Um, and, and I think you'll really enjoy that. This guy's going to go nuts. It's just that simple. He he went nuts at every stop. He went to the fall league after feeling like he probably proved enough during the season and still went nuts in the fall league. Like he's, he's done everything he needs to do. He's put some good at bats together in spring training. He's going to go here. Probably feels like he should be on the opening day roster. And if I know anything about Matt Mervis, he's going to take that and use that as fuel to go nuts in the World Baseball Classic. So that's what I think he's going to do. I don't have anything to add. Yeah, I and he should be on the opening day roster. Nicaragua, Milcar Perez. Um, <laughs> Nicaragua's roster is probably a little thin, man. Um, <laughs> Milcar Perez hit 145 in 54 games at low A last year. 
Um, he, he was a notable prospect at, at one point. Um, I know I wouldn't say he's cooked. He's a switch hitter with some good tools, but um, he hit 145 in, in low A last year, Jack. Uh, this is going to be a tough tournament for him. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, who does Nicaragua have? They have a Rosmo Ramirez, Loisiga, obviously. Um, Alex Blandino, Chesler Cuthbert. You remember Chesler Cuthbert? I don't think so. Oh, I do. He was a White Sox for a minute. He was a White Sox and a Royal Chesler Cuthbert. Yeah, this is uh, this might be a quick exit for for Nicaragua. So, yes, but Carlos Rodriguez might actually be one of their best arms. You talk about Loisica, but but Carlos Rodriguez, right-handed pitching prospect, Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. I was actually really fascinated by the numbers. Sixth round pick in 2021. And by the way, they have two Carlos Rodriguez's that are both kind of in the same like tier prospect-wise. One's an outfielder, one's a right-hander. Super confusing. Um, 301 ERA, 3.01 ERA, and 107 and two-thirds innings. Both the slider and the changeup held opponents to a 150 batting average. Changeup is gross. I queued up just a few real quick to cram before this episode. It's got that nasty late dive and fade that just seems like it happens in the last 10 feet. You get some really ugly swings. So off of that changeup and the fastball, you know, in the, in the low 90s with a decent slider already, this guy might be one of their better arms outside of Eliza that can be stretched out. Look for Carlos Rodriguez to have some responsibility here. And this is a, a Brewers prospect that I'm expecting to rise up the ranks this year. No, I mean, he balled, dude. 20 starts, six appearances out of the pen, a 301 ERA. And, and what jumps out to me is a 198 opponent batting average yep. in 107 innings. Yep. That's impressive from a starting pitcher. 100%. I, I, I'm excited. I'm actually, I will tune in. That's going to be the only Nicaragua game I tune into is going to be when Rodriguez pitches because I'm actually. When they, when they go Rodriguez for five, Loisiga for four, I'm bought in. That's probably their A team. That, that's probably their <laughs> best chance to win. That's it. That's all the prospects. Again, you can check out the article in this description of the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a rating, a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. We're going to be doing spring training takeaways either end of this week or next week, Jack. A similar kind of conversation around what we're seeing in the early going from some of these prospects. And uh, obviously rational. We're not going to try to chase the numbers. Kesson Hurstad's hitting 833. I understand that. Kesson Hurstad's hitting 833. That's really awesome. But I want to look at, you know, exavilos, pitch data, and just swing adjustments, mechanical stuff. That's all of what I'm looking for. And there's a lot of notes already to make on some of these guys. Yeah. Save the irrational thoughts um, on spring training for the Just Baseball Show. I'm coming with uh, an irrational take every single day uh, from spring training ball, every single episode that I'm on for the Just Baseball Show. And in my take for tomorrow's episode, I'll spoil it for the call up audience. Ronnie Mauricio, we are all witnesses. Yeah, he is. He is going nuts. I'm going to have I hate I'm going to have to go down the rabbit hole and see if I've seen any have major to. changes. You have swing. to. Yes. But it's great to see Mauricio doing that. That'll do it for this episode. We'll look forward to talking prospects with you all very soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.